Hello, my dears, and welcome back. I trust your weeks have been productive, whatever that means to you. Today's episode will be rather quick as we are expounding on our talk from last episode. If you are new to this podcast, no need to start from the trailer. Just pause this, listen to the previous episode, and join us where we are now. We are talking the future of work in a post-COVID world. And no, I am not saying the pandemic is over because it is certainly not, but looking ahead can possibly help us navigate the now. So let's get started. Thanks for listening. So we are still working from our McKinsey Insights data packet attached to the last episode. I will, of course, be attaching it again for your convenience. The pandemic has pushed us in three main trends when it comes to work. Number one, remote work and virtual meetings still continuing even after in-person work is reinstated. Number two, the quicker adoption of automating and AI systems. And number three, the fall of low-wage occupations. As promised on the previous episode, I cannot make any promises, but I am definitely going to try and enlist some help on this one. My perspective might not be the clearest. And of course, I want to give you the absolute best and accurate. So in-person work has definitely started again, but it has not necessarily snapped back to normal. And just as an aside, The term normal is highly antiquated, especially now, and there needs to be a pause on promising it. There will, of course, be a normal, but it will not be the one of before. The McKenzie packet aims to determine the percentage of tasks that can remain remote without suffering productivity, and productivity determines wages. Just a little econ for y'all. The sample size was 2,000 tasks in about 800 occupations, give or take, in eight countries, the United Kingdom, China, United States, Spain, Germany, India, France, and Japan. They found about 20 to 25% of workforces in mature economies could actually work from home for about three to five days per week. From here, we can hypothesize a shift from large cities to smaller cities and suburbs. However, just because you can doesn't mean you should. The study also found that some things that can be done remotely shouldn't. For example, negotiations and new employee training. If the study is correct, a reduction in office space is on the horizon. And as we know, every action has a chain reaction or unintended consequences. If office space demand were to decrease in large cities, demand for downtown retail and restaurants can also decrease. Now, of course, there are a lot of caveats to this, but if we are speaking simply, this is highly probable. So let's take a short break and we'll be right back.
So I am going to call a bit of an audible and pause our current conversation just to insert a new one. Um, I was doing, of course, my weekly, actually more nowadays, it's more of a daily news search. And I came across this story this week and I, I really want to talk about it because it, um, it angered me on a, on a serious level. Benton Harbor, a uh, city in Michigan, has been dealing with undrinkable water since 2018. And if I'm being real, I believe it was way before that. There was an article in The Guardian um, released on September 21st that gives us a grim update and a bit of a more complete backstory on what exactly is happening on the ground right now. And I'm not, I'm not going to go too in-depth about it, but I implore you to look at this article. But I will leave you with this. Benton Harbor is 85% black, with 45% of its residents living below the poverty line. And its twin city, home of the Upton family, founder of the Whirlpool Corporation, is 85% white, with only 7% of its residents living under the poverty line. And they surprisingly do not have to deal with lead contaminated water. Hmm. Again, I implore you to read this article and not just read it, comprehend it, think about it. But I don't know. I I just I don't know why I'm not going to say I don't know why this keeps happening, because trust me, I, I think I have a pretty good guess as to why this keeps happening to towns with demographics such as Benton Harbor. But in terms of finding a solution, I, I'm at a loss for words. These people literally cannot drink the water flowing to their cities and haven't been able to for years. And national attention has been, I don't know, elsewhere. Hmm. So. And, and I, I try to say this all the time, or as much as I can on this podcast, some issues might not be in your backyard. They may never be in your backyard, but it's in somebody's, and that should matter. Flint is not a one-off. Benton Harbor is not a one-off. There are towns, cities, communities all over this country who are dealing with this issue and nothing from local governments, from state governments, still waiting to see how that infrastructure bill is that is going to pan out, is going to pan out, excuse me. It is just astounding to me. how we could let towns, 
cities, communities, children, the future, suffer and die for what? To save a few dollars on plumbing or piping? We, um, we did cover the water crisis in an earlier episode, and I don't believe I mentioned Benton Harbor, and that's why I felt it was important to mention it on this one. My God. It doesn't even surprise me anymore, and I'm sure news like this doesn't surprise you either, and that in itself should be shocking. I hate to end today's episode on such a somber note, but honestly, I I would feel irresponsible if I didn't say this. So, we need real answers. And I don't know if we don't have the real answers because we're not asking the right questions. I mean, we can go into semantics about that, but the truth is these people need solutions and they needed them yesterday. And I'm not saying more media attention is magically going to drop clean water from the sky, but I mean, come on. I'm at a loss for words. I'm sure you are too. All right. Well, hope you guys are doing well, staying safe, masking up, finding little pockets of joy in your day. Thanks again for listening and supporting this project. Be well, y'all. Be well. Thank you.